Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. It is week 13, big AFC game on the line this week for the Los Angeles Chargers. They'll travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And joining me to break down the Bolts opponent in this one is Kelsey Conway of the Inquirer. Kelsey, thanks for coming on. I can't believe it's week 13 already. When you said that, I was like, wow, that's gone fast. But I'm so happy to be here and talk about this big game with you. It is so crazy. And this is a really, really good matchup. It's probably one that should have been flexed. I think we're all yeah. a little salty about that, but you know, we'll get over it. Sunday will roll well, around. Honestly, from a media standpoint, I'm kind of happy it's not because that means I won't be working until 3 a.m. But for the fans, it would have been exciting. Exactly. That's the silver lining. But look, we have the Chargers at six and five, the Bengals at seven and four. What are your sort of overall thoughts on this matchup? Well, I remember at the beginning of the season, I had to predict what I thought the Bengals would do in terms of record wise. And I remember circling this matchup because even before we knew what the Chargers were going to be, if you simply look at just the amount of talent the Chargers have, um, I remember this game being one that I was like, "Eh, this could be one where the Bengals struggle to win because nobody was really talking about how good the Chargers could be. And then you obviously now factor in the major storylines of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, them being taken in the same draft class, all of those stories, and just like the AFC wild card picture here. Um, I think that the winner of this game is going to make the playoffs um, mm-hmm. because I just think the Chargers could get hot. The Bengals are certainly hot, and that head to head matchup. It's going to be critical. So I anticipate this actually being a very close game. I think Mm -hmm. the Chargers are going to, like, I think Brandon Staley is going to have some things defensively that the Bengals haven't seen yet. And then on the other side of it, the Bengals secondary is going to be really tested with those good wide receivers the Chargers have. So I think it's going to be a really good game, and I'm looking forward to it, obviously, um, from a work standpoint. But as a football fan at heart, I'm, I'm looking forward to a really good matchup. Absolutely. Now you mentioned, you know, maybe not knowing how good the chargers were going to be this year, but I would say the same about the Bengals. I mean, they were, I think last in the AFC North, the last three years, I don't believe they've had a winning record for the last few years at least, but what would you attribute to just the turnaround this season? Is it as easy as just a healthy Joe Burrow now, or is it more than that? Uh, I think it's two things, obviously a healthy Joe Burrow. And then on the other side of it, a storyline that, you know, if you follow the Bengals closely, you, you know this, but if you don't, the Bengals typically don't spend a lot of money in free agency. They're not a franchise that heavily invests in free agency this past year, because the roster, they looked at it as we need to build around Joe Burrow on this rookie contract while we still can. They went out and spent a ton of money in free agency on the defensive side of the ball and the acquisitions of Trey Hendrickson, who has double digit sacks um, as a pass rusher, then um, Cheeto, the cornerback who um, they signed from Dallas in free agency, who's been their cornerback number one. And then um, a a couple of interior guys like Larry Ogunjobi to pair with Trey Hendrickson has really made a difference. And um, I think the, improved play on the defense because of the players that they've signed and then a healthy Joe Burrow, I think has what's made a world of a difference for the Spangles team. So let's get into this quarterback matchup a little bit. Look, it's never really one versus the other because they're not on the field at the same time, but there are storylines to this game and the 2020 draft class is certainly one of them between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. We didn't get this matchup last year when the chargers came to Cincinnati in week one, that was Tyrod Taylor who started that game 
Obviously, Herbert has taken the reins from there. When it comes to Burrow, he's healthy, like we said, but what have you really made of his performance now in his second season? So it's interesting for me because for those people listening, um, I am in my first season covering the Bengals um, for the Cincinnati Inquirer. I was previously with the Atlanta Falcons for the last six years. So I didn't really see Joe Burrow play a lot last year before his injury. I obviously watched him at LSU because I'm a huge college football fan, but I didn't really see him play a lot last year. And I'm almost kind of glad I didn't because I walked into this year being able to watch him and assess his performance with like a complete clean slate. I didn't carry anything over from last year but I think the biggest difference with him is they knew when they drafted him his football IQ he's the son of a a longtime coach in the state of Ohio Um, the book about Joe Burrow was he's very smart at the line of scrimmage you don't have to worry about him making mistakes he might not have the arm strength of a Justin Herbert and the like physical upside that Justin Herbert brings to you but he's going to be really smart at the line of scrimmage and he's really accurate he's taken that to a new level And his relationship with this play caller, who's the head coach, Zach Taylor, has improved. They they know exactly kind of what they want to do, where Zach Taylor now just gives them two plays and says, you pick. And there's complete trust there. And you've seen it a number of times um, where he's literally won games by calling an audible at the line of scrimmage that he chose. And that's the maturity of a second-year quarterback. So I think that and his offensive line is playing a lot better. So he now now has more confidence that he can move around in the pocket and he's not going to get slammed. The Bengals offensive line was horrible last year. Anybody that watched them would tell you that. So I think those things are a big reason of why Joe Burrow has kind of ascended into the player that he has um, this year in his second year. Well, when you talk about that offensive line, you look at the 2021 draft and there was a lot of talk about, do they take alignment to protect Joe Burrow? Cut to Jamar Chase, and let's talk about this Bengals receiving core, whether it's the wide receivers or whether it's the tight ends, they're dynamic. And what is really making them so dynamic in this offense? I think what's most unique about the Bengals wide receiver group is when I when I first came in to cover this team, I, I knew obviously about Tyler Boyd. I didn't know a lot about T. Higgins, but I knew that the Bengals were pretty loaded at wide receiver. It was just a matter of is their offensive line going to be better for Joe Burrow to have enough time to access these wide receivers that they have? So they took T. Higgins in the second round out of Clemson. Tyler Boyd's been one of the best slot receivers for uh, the last couple of seasons. And they basically added Jamar Chase saying, T. Higgins is our big, our big receiver who can go up and make catches in the air and in the red zone. And I mean, he's like six, four, I don't even know how much he weighs, but he's their big time, big, he's their big guy. Then you got Tyler Boyd, who's in the slot, your third down guy. They needed a player who could really stretch a defense who could be the deep ball threat. And they looked at it with based off of Jamar Chase's history with Joe Burrow, his chemistry there um, from their time together at LSU. They really viewed that as the missing piece of the offense. But the reason it works is because They are three of the most selfless players in terms of there hasn't been a game where all three of them have had over 100 receiving yards and they really don't care. Like you'd think Tyler Boyd, he's been in the league for a couple of years now. um, He'd be upset if he went a couple of games without, you know, a lot of catches or a touchdown. There was like a three game skid where us as reporters were saying, why is Tyler Boyd not a part of this offense? 
And you just never heard a peep from him saying, I want more targets. This is why we're not winning when they lost those two games. I think that their selflessness plus their talent just makes it all work. And they truly like you try and take away T Higgins next game, like the way they tried to take Jamar Chase away. It's just really hard when you've got three. And as you know, um, with the Chargers wide receivers, it's like pick your poison. And the fact that they're all so selfless, I think really works out for them. Yeah. I was going to say these teams are so similar in that sense. Like the way you describe that it's sometimes the same with the chargers in terms of it might be Keenan's day. It might be Mike's day. It might belong to the tight ends on a certain day. You just kind of don't know because there are so many weapons, but moving to the Bengals ground game, because they got a guy who can definitely get that done in Joe Mixon career high last week. I believe he has multiple touchdowns in like the last four games or Mm -hmm. something like that. How has he been able to be such a force in that offense? And really, how do you contain a guy like him? Well, he is the guy that makes this whole thing go for the Bengals offense. He's got such a big personality and he's such a energizer in terms of like, he's the guy that said when the game was being uh, T Higgins touchdown play was being reviewed he knew he was going to get the ball on a handoff and he was so confident he was going to get it in the end zone. He started talking to the offensive lineman about what touchdown dance they were going to do. (laughs) And that's how they coordinated that whole temptations, like two-step dance. And he has evolved into a team captain for the Bengals. And like, he's totally embraced his leadership role. Plus he's like a physical freak. I mean, he can, he's thick and he's quick and he's just a really hard player to bring down and he totally embraces the AFC North mentality as a running back where it's like this is big boy football it's there's no thing as a soft running back in the AFC North and he's to the point where he said now that he's had these last couple of games where the offense is really running through him he says he feels like he's hitting his prime which is scary because if he's hitting his prime and their receiver groups is as young as they are. I mean, I told you T Higgins is in the second year, Jamar Chase is in his first year, Tyler Boyd uh, was drafted in 2016. So they're super young, but Joe Mixon in terms of he wants the ball in his hands. He's totally embraced being the Bengals back that just runs through defenses. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this matchup this weekend because I know the Chargers haven't been particularly good against the run, but, you know, that can change from week to week. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Brandon Staley dials up for this, because if you load the box and really try and take away Mixon, you're leaving a lot of opportunity for the Bengals um, in terms of their wide receivers. You nailed it. They have such a dynamic offense. And again, it's just so similar. These two teams are just Mm -hmm. very, very similar and also, you know, young quarterbacks too, but, but just being able to get it done in a variety of ways on offense, flipping to the defense, Eli Apple has two picks in two weeks. There was a pick six of Ben Roethlisberger last week, courtesy of former Pittsburgh Steeler, Mike Hilton. Why should the chargers be weary of those guys? Who else might be an X factor on defense for the Bengals in this game? So I was actually going to pick Eli Apple um, to be my X factor in this game because coming into the season, Eli Apple was not expected to be a starter for the Bengals. He was supposed to be their like number three emergency starting cornerback if someone were to get hurt because another free agent 
and signing that I forgot to mention early on was Mike Hilton, um, their slot corner. And Trey Waynes has not really worked out for the Bengals. They signed him in free agency last year to a three-year deal with worth a lot of money, and he's just been very injured and hasn't been on the field. They plug Eli Apple in, who's a former first-round pick, and for whatever reason, he's just had a target on his back. Um, I think it's because maybe he went to Ohio State then played for the Giants where it's in New York. But people have been very critical of Eli Apple. And early on in the year, there were two plays where he got beat pretty bad, but he's really settled into his own. And you mentioned those two picks. I think a lot of Bengals fans were very surprised at the level he's playing at. And I think it was just a case of he needed to go to a place where he felt welcomed and he felt comfortable and he felt believed in. And that's what he has in the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, who actually coached him when he was with the Giants. So he knew him well, and that's why he brought him here. And I think he's the type of player that might have lost some confidence kind of shuffling around from team to team. And now that he's had these two picks and he's really made a name for himself in this defense, I think he's only going to ascend up. And the reason I think he's an X factor in this game is because I'm not worried about uh, Cheeto Ouzier and what he's going to do in terms of shutting down, whether it's Keenan Allen, if he's asked to follow him around, or if Mike Williams, um, the Bengals don't typically like result to having to follow someone. Sometimes they play the right and the left, but this is a game where I don't really think that Bengals have faced a team that's got as good of a number two wide receiver that the chargers have. So I think he's an X factor only because We've seen him step up to the challenge, but this is the type of game where you'll really be able to tell because if the Chargers are able to, able to expose him, are the Bengals going to be right back at square one where their cornerback two is the weakness of the defense? And then lastly, Kelsey, you kind of just touched on something a little bit there, but in terms of maybe how this game pans out, what do you think might be another deciding factor as to how we end this game in week 13? I think it's seems going to come down to turnovers. Yeah. I think I haven't seen enough of Justin Herbert's play in terms of right now. I'm kind of wondering, and you'd know a lot better than me, but like what is going on with the chargers in terms of they had that hot start and then it kind of fizzled out. Um, I know from the Bengals standpoint, a lot of it had to do with for a couple of games, Joe Burrow was turning the ball over too much. Um, so I don't know if that's been an issue for Justin Herbert, but I just have a feeling this game is going to come down to because the quarterbacks are so good. Whoever has the ball last, and I think if either team gives the offense of the opposing team one more opportunity to take the field, like these offenses are so good. I envision this game being a shootout in the 40 points for both teams. Um, So I think it's going to come down to turnovers and whoever turns the ball over the least, I think is going to win this game. Um, But I'm anticipating it being a pretty good game. Yeah, I am too. And some of these chargers games have certainly come down to who has the ball last or who maybe can make that last kind of game breaking play. So it should be a good one. A very hot AFC West team against a very hot AFC North game in the cold though, because it is going to be December. It's only going to be in the fifties though. So I think that, I mean, that's, that's warm here for all of us that live in Cincinnati. (laughs) And you know what? The chargers lucked out on that because this is really the last kind of cold weather game they'll have of the regular season. So they'll take that. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insight. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I enjoyed being on with you.